1: Gareth Hall, like Jared, he's a travelling man. He's in Auckland. G'day, Gareth.
0: Hello, Jules. Um, great to be with you, mate. Yeah, it's been a little bit wet and wild in Auckland over the last what, four or five days. They had to close the airport on Saturday and um, we had a, a weather warning that came on your phone last night saying that it could be flash flooding once again in in around the Auckland area. So it's been quite remarkable, in fact, that they've actually been able to kick-start the sales here at Caraca, the, horse, uh, the famous horse sales in New Zealand, which started yesterday. So they've had a lot of rain, but their spirits are still pretty high pretty high here um, in Auckland. So it's just great to be back in New Zealand, mate.
1: So obviously, our, you know, our magic millions are our big yearling sales and you're up there a couple of weeks ago where unfortunately uh, wet weather played all sorts of havoc with that race. Meaning just in comparison, how big are these sales? What sort of money are we talking about for some of the top sales?
0: Well, the average was about 160000 there yesterday for day one, so when you compare that to the Magic Million sale there on the Gold Coast, it's about $100,000 less, but the different horses bred here in New Zealand, New Zealand have got, well, they're best renowned for their their classic horses, like their Derby and Oaks horses, and they have produced many superstar three-year-olds along over the years, but they've had a wonderful 12 months, when it when it comes to New Zealand-bred horses, Jules, like I'm Thunderstruck, second in a Cox Plate. I Wish I Win won the $10 million Golden Eagle in Sydney on Derby Day. Um, They had Rockin' Horse, the superstar sprinting mare for Mike Moroni that won the new market. So they've had so much success over the last 12 months. And what these sales produce is value for money. So you can get a horse under $300,000, that can win nice races in Australia so they're always popular and what New Zealand does better than any other country in the world is that it's just something about the land here in New Zealand they just breed a wonderful horse um, and they rear a wonderful galloper so they're the, the makeup of the horse um, when they're scoped they're usually perfect so um, they've got a lot going for them plus their hospitality is second to none they really do turn it on for the visitors when you arrive here at Karaka Now, it's a big racing in Hong Kong on the weekend, Gareth, and another piece of history,
1: I guess, for our very own Jamie Carr.
0: It was a wonderful story, Jules, and she got the late call-up on Jamie Carr about a week ago to take the ride on Voyage Bubble in the Hong Kong um, Classic Mile, which is the first of the three big four-year-old races in Hong Kong, which ends with the Hong Kong Derby, which is like their Melbourne Cup. Um, their biggest race. So, for Jamie to win a race like this was just unbelievable for her career, especially on the international stage. She became the first female rider to win a race like this. So, she continues to rewrite the history books and it was a peach of a ride. She showed her class. She jumped straight to the front with Voyage Bubble. She rated it to perfection and basically with 400, 500 metres to go, you knew with the times that she was able to run in front, it was nearly going to be impossible for the horses to get past her. So, um, it 's a rare it 's a skill to have an ability to have a clock in your head to raid a horse out in front, and she 's just got that special talent to do that Jamie so you know um, i wouldn 't be surprised if she get I would imagine she might be fielding offers from yeah. Hong Kong and the Jockey club to um, relocate there next year because they would be looking for a big gun to replace a, a Joe Mirror. I know Huey Bowman's over there. So, um, yeah, hopefully we don't lose her to Hong Kong Racing, but she's making quite the splash on the international stage at the moment.
1: So for those of us that don't know racing as well as you, if she gets a, a good offer from Hong Kong, is that just a a no-brainer? She takes it, or has she got well, a big decision to make?
0: Well, we had Zach Perton on giddy Upper about couple of months ago and his comments just went viral and it um caused so much debate and and it got everybody talking i asked him the question about he was having conversations with james mcdonald and i said zach um i don't want to get into your private life but what kind of conversations would you have with james to try and get him to hong kong and he's he was he was terrific he was so raw and um um or um very, like, he, he, he basically opened up, sack and he said, without hesitation, um, I would just send James McDonald my bank balance, because I can make so much more money than he would in Australia. Um, but then again, J-Mac is the best here, and he would get a lot of horses that he makes into stallions. So, as Glenn Boss points out, that J-Mac would be getting superannuation, so when when James McDonald rides a big Group 1 winner, um, say like a Home Affairs in a Coolmore, he would, I would imagine, get a service fee for that horse for the rest of its career. And if the stallion becomes any good, it could be worth $300,000 to him. So there's a lot to work out in that way, but just for um, making money from a, a percentage point of view for a jockey, if you like a Zach Burton, he would be making a lot more than any other jockey in this country.
1: Okay, yeah, that, that's interesting when you put it in those terms. A couple yep. of, on the um, local front, a couple of horses I want to ask you about. Uh, the King's Gambit, yep. favourite for the Golden Slipper, beaten on the weekend. Is that a any concerns there? And Jigsaw no. won
0: again in Melbourne, Group yes. 2. Is this a Group 1 standard horse? Correct. I think King's Gambit will be awfully hard to beat in the um, Golden Slipper. I would not put a line through him. He slipped at the start. Um He did a few things wrong after that, but they're wonderful grand final trainers, the Snowdens. And I had Michael Kent, Jr., who joined me live from New Zealand today, and I asked him what he thinks of the two-year-olds. And he said learning to fly is the clear standout. She's the filly owned by Coolmore, trained by Annabelle Nation from that boom first season sire um, in um, Justify. And she was awesome to win the winning stakes on Naboo. So she might be a horse worth following heading towards the Golden Slipper. And if Annabelle Anna Nisham can win with her, um, she'll win a Ferrari because Coolmore did a bit of a deal. Um, whoever purchased a, a Justify in his first season of selling last year and won a big race, they would win a Ferrari. So um, it, could, it could be going Annabelle Nisham's way.
1: Just finally, uh, Joseph O'Brien, such a talented trainer, won the Melbourne Cup before. Uh, We didn't see any of his horses in the Melbourne Spring Carnival despite nominating 10. Uh, But he's going to have some runners uh, for races worth far less in Sydney. Is this a concern for for Melbourne? And why would he be taking his horses to Sydney for races? It's great races, but they're they're not worth what the Melbourne Cup's worth.
0: No, mainly because I would imagine the different protocols that you have to pass in Melbourne compared to Sydney. So there's horses that aren't allowed to race in Melbourne, but they're allowed to race in Sydney with the different opinions from the different jurisdictions and the way that certain vets, um, the different vets in different states, analyse the the scans that they get. Um, so there's been a couple of examples our very own Johnny O'Neill that's joined us on the means test he's got a couple of horses um, that have been able to race in Sydney but not in Melbourne so that's why Joseph O'Brien I would imagine be going down that path and um, he's got some strong clients around that New South Wales region like a Henry Field who's him from Newgate Farm so I still think if he's got a horse that he thinks can win the Melbourne Cup, he'll go to the Melbourne Cup but he might be just trying to make a statement to try and get Racing Victoria to rethink their their protocols towards the scanning of horses heading towards their spring carnival. But you've got to understand why Racing Victoria mm. do that because they can't afford to have another um, they, they can't afford to have another um, dire situation yeah. when it comes to the Melbourne Cup. So yeah, it's a difficult one for everybody involved.
1: Now, just looking at uh, some of your video work coming through on uh, yes. social media, wet—it's certainly wet over there. Right. Are you a bit stressed over there? Why? Well, you got a lot of grey in your in your um, goatee.
0: Oh no, I've never re- like really noticed that. No, before. No, there you go. I don't know why. I, I I just wanted a new look a little bit. Um, with I tried to grow a beard, but I can't grow it on the cheeks like you, Jules. So. <laughs> um, Anyway, Morrie, um, my hairdresser, around the corner there in Cummins Street in, in Melbourne, does a wonderful job, but he said you've got to come back every Wednesday now to trim this beard, oh, so he's got it, me a beauty. Yes. Um, but by the the flack that I'm getting from you, I won't be I'll getting it shaved off. No, it Wednesday. looks uh,
1: very sophisticated with the, um, the salt and pepper look. It looks very good. Yeah. Uh, Gareth, enjoy your time over there. And uh, when do you come back, by the way? Tomorrow night, yeah. Beautiful. I
0: might go to Telemarine on the way home to see the Bombers. Go on, give me an update. Uh, I look forward yeah. to it. They'll uh, finish bottom four this year. That's the update that you need. Sorry, the, OB,
1: the OB line's <laughs> just dropping out a bit. We'll have to good let on you on go. Chills. Gareth, uh, enjoy Auckland.
0: <laughs> have a good day, mate. <laughs>